Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Today's guest, nine years pro, six in the NHL, hails from St. Catharines, Ontario, and is co-host of After the Whistle with Craig Rive. It's our old buddy, Andrew Peters. Andrew, how the hell are you doing? Welcome to the show again. I love coming on with you. You know why? Yeah. Because my intros are less and less elaborate. So don't feel as I don't feel so uncomfortable. The more I come on, the the more comfortable I feel because you you boast me up so much at the start of the last few shows. I'm like, yeah, I'll let these guys tell you if I had more time, I probably would have. But uh, (sighs) because because I do that sometimes, though, I forget to mention after the whistle because I'm going so. I'm, I'm I'm doing all that word fluff at the beginning, but yeah, but I'm you really... don't need to. You don't need to because you know that I will mention it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And by the way, how's that going? I listen. I think you got a great thing going, and Thanks, I love man. just just two. You have a very similar dry sense of humor. It's good. Well, we cover a lot of sabers, right? So it's a lot of sabers talk. I just turned this. The sabers are actually playing right now as we start this. Coincidentally I, enough, and, I didn't realize. So it's a hot. It's George Washington Day, right? Yeah, it's and what is it up there? Family day? It's a holiday. Oh, we don't have a holiday. If, if we do, I don't know. Oh, in Ontario, talking. Ontario, it's family day. Oh, family day. I didn't even. <laughs> maybe we have one. Maybe we don't. I don't know. My daughter's at school today. There's so many holidays. Did you notice even every day now? Like 
cheeseburger day. Like, you know what I mean? Toboggan oh, day. Like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, everything. There's a day designated for everything. In fact, there are days designated for multiple things. Well, I would think there's only 365 days in a year, and there's a billion things now that we're celebrating for the day. I mean, I get some of it, and if one, I guess probably family would be most important. But the, like, I don't know. It's just an easy. I could I could say that human day. Get along day. I could go. They could all sound good, and I understand. But there's so many days. My daughter barely has a a, a, a week of school. Oh yeah, I know. Had, I know. There's just so many holidays. People, you know, these PD days. Uh, you know, whatever they are, the teachers to. You know, a lot of it is like interaction with the parents. Get this one. Up at work. Get this get one. It, but. You're gonna love this. So my son goes to a Catholic school. I say private Catholic school. Like, I don't want anyone to think that, like, he's going to Upper Canada College in Toronto or anything like that, okay? Like, you know, you got to pay, like, four grand, five grand American. Send your kid to a, a, a Catholic private school, I guess, right? Elementary school? Yes. So, so the other day was the Super Bowl, right? Last week? So my yeah. kid says to me, <laughs> my kid says to me on Sundays, like, Dad, we don't have school tomorrow. I'm like, what are you talking about? And and he's like, yeah, it's it's the principal's holiday. I was like, what do you mean principal's holiday? Is that like a national holiday? Now principals get a day off or something? And he says, no, our principal gave us the day off because it's the Super Bowl. See, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the Super Bowl, I was like, you know what that means? This The Catholic school principal wants to go get lit up for the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. I was just going to go there. It's exactly what it means. And, you know, who am I to complain, really? Because if I was that age, I'd probably love all the free time as well. You're not uh, hearing me complain. I'm just saying, I'm like, it just goes to show you, you know, day off for everything. So how the fuck were you with Todd Gill? I played oh, against uh, I played against Todd Gill. After he he played over a thousand games, and he's down in Norfolk, and I'm playing in the minors as a young, like a young, young twenty year old, first second year, wow. and he gets sent yeah. to the minors, right? So Todd Gill, I don't think I've ever seen a more disinterested player in a game in my entire life than Todd Gill was playing in the minors at the end of his career. Really? Oh yeah, I didn't realize. My God, so he must have been. Late playing there, yeah. I oh, guess I'm going to tell you right now. I'm looking him up right now. And he's so – he played in, in Springfield in Norfolk in 0203. Wow. I had he, no idea. He played nine games in Norf, Norfolk for the Norfolk Admirals with, as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks farm team. Wow. Okay. I thought I would have thought he retired eight years before that. I played against him in one of those games. Okay, he had played a thousand and seven games. So at that point in O two, he was born in in sixty five. So he's so ninety five. He's thirty. He's thirty. He's thirty seven at this time. Thousand games, worn down. Never seen a guy look more disinterested in my entire life in a hockey game. Wow, totally understandable too. By the way, like, can we? Play? I'm not. I'm not saying it as a criticism. What I'm saying is, I just. It's, it was kind of like yeah. fuck. What I was saying in my, in my head was, I hope I get to a point in my career that I can have that level of give a fuck in a pro game. Where here I am, and at 22 years old, going out and fighting Sean Thornton just to kind of make a name for myself. You know what I mean? 
so it's just exactly it's just so it's just kind of like that when you brought up Todd Gill that's what i remember was just kind of it was the first experience of me playing against a weathered veteran in the minors where it was just he just was just playing out his time yeah so, anyway. I, I, that's wild well I, and, and by the way i didn't take that that as a insult or anything that you were you were uh, judging him or anything i i, I took that with a grain of salt. I, I, I actually used, I remember guys coming back down, Doug Huda, you played with Doug Huda was one of those guys. Right. And I, I remember honestly out there having a little bit of respect and I didn't try to run them because I, 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 in my mind, I knew that, you know, these guys have put time in, I'm not going to make myself look bad as a player. I don't go that far, but I'm definitely not going to go out of my way to run these guys. And there was always a respect there. We played against Louis DeBrusque when he was, he was playing in Hamilton at the end of his career. Like he played like I don't know. He didn't play many games. Yeah, I wasn't playing. I was hurt. I had a bad shoulder, and Louis DeBrusque was in the lineup. And I've never seen a guy get more space when he had the puck on the ice than Louis DeBrusque did when he was playing yeah. in the mind, especially against our team in Roch. But we had tough guys. They wouldn't go near him. It was like leave him alone, let him sleep. You know, it was kind of like there were there were a lot of guys like that. But you brought up Todd Gill, and I, I just I had to I had to touch on that because I played against Todd Gill. I watched Todd Gill growing up, and I played against Todd Gill. So it's kind of like... So he's he's from around there, lives in Brockville now, and I didn't even realize this. I was on the bench with them. That's why I love these things, right? You get talking with these guys. Like yesterday, I needed a ride to Montreal from Brockville, and I rode with Alexander Dagg, and we had a wicked conversation. It's my favorite part of all these things because I'm a fan as much as the fans are. So I'm out there talking to Todd. He goes, yeah, I bought the team here. He goes, I owned the team. And we won the Fred Page Cup. And that's a pretty big thing, right? The Junior A crown in Canada. And uh, anyway, he got talking. So he's still like heavily involved. Um, and, and a lot of these things, you know, Todd is, Todd is so humble that like he, don't, he doesn't be out bragging or anything. So like when I sat next to him on the bench, it was the first time. I've done a few of these with him that I really had a chance to like bounce some, a, a, a nice conversation, right? We chatted the whole game. Uh, really nice fella, as are most. Did you do, do you do any of these, like the alumni games and stuff? If we have them here in Buffalo, I'll play. I don't travel to do them. Uh, sometimes back home in St. Catharines, they'll have a game and they'll bring back like former guys, the former pros that played there and grew up there and stuff. And but not not as often as I know guys that play all the time. I don't enjoy, I don't <clears throat> I don't like putting on the gear anymore. I like skating with the kids and stuff and going out for practices and stuff like that. But I'm not, I'm not planning games, man. It's just, it's just. It's Part just- of me sees where you're coming from, but I'm telling you this after, well, the last couple of years, because I always skate, skate, and I played senior hockey until just two years ago. So like. Well, you played in the East Coast League two months I'm ago. Skating, yeah, I guess technically I played this year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, by the way. I skate five times a week. Now, see, that, but that's where I was going, not there. Sorry to cut you off. I skate fine. four or five times a week because to me, like, I've seen it. When I go to do Shorzy, we got our skates on, but, like, we're not doing cardio or anything. Like, I fall out of shape in Shorzy because I'm used to skate. Like, tomorrow I had to skate at noon. And it's a high-level skate of all guys that played senior, which in turn means they played college or junior A or pro at some point when they were younger, for the most part now. So, and it's everybody from like local guys that are still playing that don't have a uh, game that day. So you know we skate high level and other. So that's how I get my cardio. It's how I keep my weight down. It's and then I play ball hockey because that's the way. Like you can't do those things 
and not be in, in and it's for my heart to be honest with you. I want my heart to be healthy and I go to the gym and I just can't do it. I'm not motivated. People, God bless them, but they talk, you know, they want to know about Shorzy, about chiclets, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm a social butterfly too. So I go in there and I get nothing done. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I do it. it to keep my heart. I want to live to be an old man. And that's why I do it. Tell me about that game though. How unbelievable. I, can I tell you something? I mean, it, uh, did you, was there any, I have to ask you this because all I could hear was the praises and not the praises, but just the, the amazement and the excitement for you and the whole thing. And your interview after was incredible. Uh, I, I had no but, idea that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, well, but did you hear it? Was there any, and I'm sure there is with everything, but was there any f negative feedback from anything? Yeah, because any of the negative feedback, people just didn't know the story. They were like, you know, as is happens a lot in today's media world, <laughs> no matter what we're talking about, sports, politics, music, whatever. Um, a lot of people assume and it gets spread as fact. But I tell you now, anybody who listens to this knows none of that was put where it was my birthday. People wanted to jump to a conclusion and say that, you know, we were trying to do it. As a publicity stunt, I think I think even the Leafs, because I don't want to get to the ins and outs of it, but I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs team, I mean, I, it was their double affiliate I'm playing for, right? They they didn't realize it was going to happen, right? So they didn't get to okay it, or, as far as I know. So, like, so including, like, everybody thought it was a publicity stunt. When I got to the rink to talk to Matt Cook, and he sat me down, and he's, he's like, so... Like, seriously, I said, I'm skating all the time. And just a few months ago in Buffalo, we won the World Ball Hockey Championship. I said, I know I got the cardio. Whatever else, I'm not sure. Maybe the timing's there. Maybe it's not, Matt. But I promise you I'm going to go out and try my hardest. This isn't a joke. And I'm going to go out there, and I appreciate it. Now, Andrew, five guys on the team, though, I skate with all the time, and I run with in the summer and everything. So, And they were kind of happy. And I know Adam Party. Uh, so Pards was like, and they knew. Had the game been five days earlier on January 9th, it, it wouldn't have happened because the senior cutoff is January 10th. And if you play a game of pro after January 10th, you can't go back and play senior hockey. There's a six-team league here, and we want to go every year and win. The guys want to win the local herder, and they want to win the Allen Cup. Last year, Clarenville, my old team, they lost in the Allen Cup final. They've done this 3-2. So, like, it's huge here. And guys didn't want to do it. You might think I told that to people. They're like, come on, a guy didn't want a game pro. I'm like, no, they're going for the Herder and then the Allen Cup. I'm very serious about that. It'll sell out. They sell jerseys and everything. I mean, it's a big deal. Isn't the Allen Cup the oldest trophy in Canada? I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. And ongoing. I think there's a couple that are still around, but they maybe have had, for one reason or another, I, a 10 or 20-year break. Go on with your story. I think senior hockey's fucking crazy and incredible in the same sentence. It's so great. Yeah, it's so great. Well, like... You know, yeah, I, I I love how you're interviewing me on my podcast. No, I, I could, well because because I, I we we asked to have you on, right? We asked. Remember, oh, yeah. I, I messaged you, and yeah. and and it's and I know it's tough timing and everything, but it's like these are all questions I wanted to ask you. Like, what well, what kind well, of when, when, I'll do yours now that that I got. <laughs> yeah, I love but it. when like that week it was impossible. Like Andrew, I was sitting there, and it was a hard week. Oh, I, I bet, I bet, I bet. I'm, listen, I'm not offended. I'm I'm just I'm sitting here thinking like Jesus, man, like. Like I, I want to hear what kind of negativity there was. So we, I keep interrupting you. 
Like if for for someone who's uh uh what's the word? I guess something of a storyteller. I can go on and tell them for three hours when I'm drinking coffee, especially. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you know, I, again, I it was overwhelmingly positive. But anybody who said in the day, not only that, Andrew, the day before, I'm sitting here right where I'm sitting talking to you now. I turn around the computer, there's an 85-inch big screen there with the surround sound. And when I'm going to go have... In high school, your mic, oh. when you hold your mic a certain way, Oh really? It's it's disconnecting. Ah, just letting you know that. Let's see, it might be short. Like there, where are we? Okay, there you go. Right now it's good. Now it's good. Yeah, yeah. Because you were cut, you were cutting in and out when you lean forward and then you lean back. It went away. Okay. Well, you know what? So I just it's it's a long cord, so there's probably something going on over there, but. I think I got so much of it coiled up on my lap now. It's not going to matter, right? Is this, is this, okay. How long has it been doing that? Uh, it was a solid like twenty-five seconds there, and then it came back in. But I see. Here's the thing: I didn't interrupt you in case it's it was still recording on your yeah. thing, right? So I was just because sometimes a mic will go out on someone's thing, but if if my, like theirs goes out, I can still talk. You know what I mean? So I wasn't sure if, if which which end it was going out on. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so. Should I answer that again? Should I start? Oh, you're again? so so. Where where uh, where you can pick back up from in the conversation, so that for editing purposes would be the Leafs had no idea that it was uh, that you were playing, and then you got there. You play with five guys. Then we talked about the Allen Cup for a yeah. minute, and then you were going back, and you were saying, but the publicity side of the publicity stunt, like people don't don't realize how it came that about. Yeah, that that would have been it. The the um, anybody who said something, it, it, yeah, thought thought maybe that there was more to the story that we weren't that we were hiding, and, and that's not the case. But the day before, okay, I told you I came right here, right? Okay, I'll start that part again. Uh, so my buddies are meeting me downtown. We're going to the Growlers game. So the captain Todd Skirving, who's a friend of mine, he's from Thunder Bay, and he lives here for most of the summer now. Like he's made St. John's at least partly his home, a, a great guy. He's been playing here for three or four years. And, uh, so I, I texted Scurves. Yeah. That Saturday. Cause they played, you know, that Adirondack were in for three games. So it was the Saturday game. And I said, it's my birthday Scurves. And all I want for my birthday is growlers tickets. Kind of joking. So he got me, he set me and all my buddies up. We went to the game. We were drinking beers like shooters. I said five or six pints. It was definitely more than that. Uh, and then from there, we went to Green Sleeves. And from there, we went to Blue on Water. So like I said, I'm here watching videos in the afternoon. I cracked my first beer. It was like one or two o'clock. Then we like so. And this was at 12.05. I, was, I had a 12-hour shift, shift in almost when I got the call. Um, Come on. I'm serious. And it was Zach O'Brien. He goes, no team. And, and, and they were, again, they were excited for me because 
I, I you know, they had, I'm not sure, I skate with them and they knew that it wasn't as outrageous as it sounds. And you know what? This is the only chance that it's ever going to happen because like, and it was a, it was a two o'clock game the next day on Sunday. So the, in any normal circumstance, you would fly in somebody, right? You would bring, bring somebody in and put, but there was no flights getting in that early from Toronto or wherever, uh, that they could pick from. I mean, I don't know who they would have taken, but they would have signed someone to at least a, a, a PTO. And, um, so everything lined up, but what was weird was I got there, not weird, but I, I, I knew I could hang there with the cardio, but I'm like, maybe I, the game got faster and maybe I won't be able to keep up. My daughter's going to be there with all her friends. <clears throat> there was a lot of people there that like, say from the film industry or that I went to university with that never really watch hockey. They just went because I was there. Right. So it was a really, when I got out there for warm up, I, I keep, saying it and I'm not trying to inflate my own ego here or anything because I'm not saying it from that point of view but it reminded me of the very last part of the movie Big Fish I don't know if you've seen it but it's this old man and he's telling his, his young son his son is young 25, 26 he's got a family and his father's dying and he's telling him all these stories right and all these and they sound like tall tales but at the end then um, spoiler alert here, if you haven't seen it, this is 20 years old, I guess, 15 years old. Uh, at the end, they all kind of show up at his funeral and, and all these people from all these walks of life and they're telling these stories. And and in, in the end, it's like, oh, I see, like, he, he, you know, this guy really did live a long time and make a lot of relationships. Well, that's, my dad was in the corner, first of all, talking to everybody. There was people from the film community, the university I went to, like, you know, high school, um, hockey, but hockey was only part of it. So of all the people in there, there was like an overwhelming sense of positivity. And I don't want to say like accomplishment. I don't mean accomplishment as a player. I mean, as a person, like, I'm like, okay, you know, win, lose or draw. If I went bankrupt tomorrow, right? Like all these people are here at this moment. And it's such a positive vibe that I, I realize like this transcends any sport that I've ever played. Uh, any assignments I've ever done, any podcast, uh, this is just an overall feeling of love, right? It was it was wild. <clears throat> Amazing how an emergency player can make it so much bigger. Than yeah. Hey, an ECHL game in January. Yeah. Right is really what we're talking about here. That's, but 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 that's the ama- but that's the amazing thing about it is that it, it's it's it it was was it closure for you for something? I mean, I loved oh, uh, the daughter you. the daughter story. I mean, I I understand that for my son too. You know, it's like I never could have played pro hockey with having a kid. I mean, I just I couldn't have done it. I I know I couldn't have done it because I played pro hockey without a kid, and I have a kid afterward, and I I couldn't have done it, but. But I would have loved to have maybe experienced that. Take him to the locker room, maybe have him watch me play a game, maybe, you know, something like that. Like he he gets a huge thrill out of just coming to, to a alumni Sabres game with against the, you know, firemen or lawyers or whoever else we're playing against. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, a, it's you know, we play games sometimes. And he comes and he just loves, he loves just, you know, kind of seeing you in the uniform, you know? And so when you said that and you touched on that about your daughter, I was like, that makes a lot more sense. That makes so that made me think. Like, is that closure on your career for you? Now, listen. This is a great question. Now, having her there definitely was the biggest part of that closure. But here's the thing: anybody now who's followed my story, even for 
10 seconds, any, any, the, if they know anything about me, the first thing that would probably come up, well, maybe not now, maybe it'd be Ted Hitchcock and Shorzy, but <laughs> one of the first things would be how I, I, I'm eighth overall, I played eight games, how did he fuck that up? Whether you, whether you agree or not, or whether you know the full story, something happened, okay? So, and it's, Without getting into all of it, I, I didn't like Michelle Therrien. I, I think if things were different, I think I should have gotten a shot in Montreal better than I did. I think you give a, a first-rounder 100 games to fail. I do believe that because I was never a great skater, and I seemed to get the job done. But I hold no, and especially knowing what I know now and all of this, and I played recklessly. I I, I probably would have gotten more concussions. So I'm in a great place. Uh, and I, Ray Jahul is awesome to me. He was the GM when I played there. Uh and last year, he took me and my daughter to her first NHL game. Canadians won an overtime, took us down the alumni room. He couldn't be nicer. I just didn't agree with him at the time. I thought he should have played me more. But it's water under the bridge. But everybody, and, and as, you know, over the years, my, my career got cut short. There was no social, social media. I hurt my ankle. So even that part was frustrating at the time because – that's not the way it was being reported. It was because I was hopping around that, you know, this happened while I was trying to get to the NHL. It made it seem that I went out, like, I, I guess, you know, just getting cut from these teams. It wasn't the case. So, and again, I'm over it. It's all good. And I didn't go back to Montreal camp. It's my own fault that I didn't do that. Had I done that, they had a record number of injuries, then maybe I do play more, maybe. So the, the biggest reason for it is me, but I was a young kid. It's not like it was something malicious. It was it was a kid being an idiot. It was stupid. I was naive. I didn't go back to camp. I'm an NHL first round pick, and now I also know you're a first round pick. You're gonna. It's an easier. You know, it's harder to come in and and surprise as like an eighth round pick. So I still had that going for me, and I held out until I was irrelevant, and it was my own goddamn fault. But so there was no closure there, and then. With my my injury, I didn't retire on my own terms. I would have kept yeah. playing NHL's one thing. I would have gone to Europe. I would have traveled. I would have seen the world. I'm that kind of person. So there was a lot of egg on my face. And most of the building knew that. Okay? And since I've done a lot of good things, I've won world ball hockey championships. I gave myself to that sport. You say what you want about me. But I, I, I continued trying to be a, a top competitor and a good teammate. I'm in the Ball Hockey Hall of Fame. Sounds like I'm gloating. I'm, I'm just telling you where the fucking feelings are coming from. Uh, you know, I went and got my degree, and I don't talk about that enough. That was an accomplishment that I don't take for granted. I've got books out. I, I'm acting now. I'm on Shorzy. I'm in a great spot, and I've got a little girl that changed my whole life, as you said, right? It's I, I haven't been this happy in, in a long, long, I don't know if ever. But a lot of people there knew that, and... If I'd gone out and wouldn't be able to keep up with the play or it, it could have gone so many different directions, I, I, I think it, it would have been like a novelty. But like I really had something to prove to myself. I went out. I, I, I didn't get out there much, man, but I played okay and I got a chance to get in that fight. And that was organic. I wasn't going to go out and be an idiot and, and, and be a, take a selfish penalty or anything, but it happened. And I think people were – it was their chance to, you know, we were all given this moment. I, I, I hate to say it as the person who did it because, again, it's hard to not sound egotistical. But that's not what 
over the no, years. It's, it's an opportunity for all the relationships that you formed since playing yes. for those people to see what you actually did once. And yes, and 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 yes. transcended hockey. And so someone that didn't even and someone that didn't even player. exist in the world when you were doing it. Yes, exactly. So and it's in your own backyard. In my own backyard, could, game could have been in. Like, I would have. You didn't travel. Hockey. You didn't travel to Miami to do this. You didn't go to fucking. Yes. You didn't go to Cincinnati to do this. It's in exactly. your own backyard, man. And it was in pure Terry Ryan fashion. It was after a bender. <laughs> Yeah, it was after a bender. It was wild, man. Do you think of a 12? I come home. I made a couple of sandwiches. There was a couple there. I ate the sandwiches. I drank like four liters of water. And it was just, and I still didn't get much sleep because I was so, I had so much nervous energy. But, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and there were so many people there that never would have ever gone to a Growlers game, let alone a Sunday game in January if I wasn't in it, like from the film oh, industry and stuff. So that's what, I'm, so it, Hockey I I, I understood it. I understood it right away, and I I think uh, my I think either I sent it to my brother or my brother sent it to me. But your interview after and the 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 sincerity and how genuine your story was about how it came about. Like I don't listen. I don't think this was a PR. I never once thought it was a PR stunt. That's why I asked the question. I, I just I don't think people understand how how I think like you are, without question. As just as long as I've known you, the most fucking spontaneous human being I think I've ever heard <laughs> of and met in my entire life. So it's I it the, the story's great, and I completely understood it. I completely understood it. So, but I admire you, man. Listen, I mean, you sit here and, you know, you talk about telling stories while you have coffee and all this stuff and you can talk for a long period of time, but not like, that's true. Not a lot of people can tell stories like you do, but not also those people that can tell the stories, they also aren't willing to go and, and get into the depths of their own situations, right? And, and speak so eloquently about those things. You know what I mean? Like just kind of how you just laid all your entire scenario out and with such confidence. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. That is, that's hard to do. And you know, I admire you for that, man. I think there's something to be said for that. I, you know, I, I've learned, I learned something from you, Terry, every time I talk to you, it's not something new about you. It's just, you know, like you're very open about adversity. You're very open about dealing with adversity. You're very open about things that have, have made you better. And I love that because I'm all about that self-healing. I'm, I'm 12 years sober, man. So, yeah. so I've had, and, and it, it's, it, and at times, like I'll listen to that conversation because it pertains to hockey, but it's very hard for me some days to, to sit on our podcast and talk about hockey Sabres specifically, we talk a lot of yeah. Sabres, so they're painful enough as it is. But but hockey to begin with, just because like I've, I, I there are so many more things that I'm proud of after hockey that are deeper conversations, conversations I love to have about about you know sobriety with people. I love meeting people that are are five days sober, five years sober, forty years sober. I mean, it, it's it. These are the conversations rarely will anyone ever really catch me sitting there going like, Hey, did you catch that game last night? I'm pretty, believe it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm social, but I'm also an introvert too. Right. So like I have a good balance. I know when I need to put yeah. a face on and stuff. Balance keyword there, balance. Yeah. But it's, but it's, I think for me, when, when I can get into a conversation with someone about, uh, you know, 
shit, the the shit. I, I'm 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 right there for it. I'm 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 all in for it. I can listen to it. I can can't always relate to it, but I can empathize, sympathize uh, to a certain degree, depending on the topic. But yeah. I guess those conversations about depth and self healing and all that stuff is it to me is is it's great. And I and I and I thought about you yeah, after that. I was like, I wonder what kind of chapter that closes for you in your life so that's kind of where that conversation went i was fascinated when it happened because i because knowing you and knowing kind of you know your story and stuff and i uh I, I knew that was more than more to you than just worrying about what everybody else thought about it too that was no that was i really big. really was, appreciate that i really really do because um that was no one has asked me about the closure and all these interviews I've done since, but well, and because, really you know why, Terry? Because there's, there's the so word. much excitement around it. Yeah, there's so much excitement and glory for you. Like people love you, right? So like they're they're sharing the moment with you, they're pumping you up, and they want to live it with you. But at the same time, there's that other element of it, you know. And it's and it's. I mean, you must have coming down off that high must have been must have been pretty tough but also at the same time it must have been pretty easy too because you're like look what i just fucking did and it's it now it's over i'll, I'll tell you s something else that yeah exactly it was so quick um i go to a lot of games so you know i'm around the rink i'm in there and everything so like when i went on the other side and was on the ice like there were a lot of people in there that you know right down to the you know the what do they call the escorts who sit you down and stuff you know, to the people working at the, you know, the bartenders, like, you know, we're down at a lot of games. Ushers, not escorts, ushers. So, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, geez, maybe wording, wording can be everything, timing and wording. Um, no, but I, I do appreciate it. And, and as I speak often, it, it's hard because it meant, it, it did mean a lot personally. And it was such a fantastic moment that f for me to give you the honest answer it, it i guess it requires some level of uh confidence for sure but it it, it sounded like boasting but no, it transcended like it and it took a, a, just a, a regular shift uh started the game i had a regular shift in the third um you know it, it at one point it was like hopefully he gets a hat trick for the canadians tonight but it was just nice but because that was the other part of the message it's like it really cares how good of a hockey player you were this is a great moment we're here and we're here for you, right? Like it was that. So it was like the opposite of of uh, you know. No one was saying, "Oh, you should get called up and play for." You know, it wasn't like that. It was just like, "Hey, you know what? This is pretty cool. We're gonna share the moment with you. We're here, you know." And after after the game, after all of it, what was awesome, Andrew? I went over and knocked on the door for the Adirondack Thunder, and the guy fought Zach Walker came out. And it was an organic moment. He ran our guy and everybody. There was three people. Jared I saw Kiso, it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kiso sent me game notes. But anyway, even the guys in the room, they said these particular three might might try to start something. So when I saw he was one of them and that happened. But, but anyway, you know, it's not like he <coughs> did anything to offsides or anything. I knocked on the door. He came out. And I shook his hand. I said, you didn't have, have to fight me there. You didn't have to help me create that moment. And you did. And then the rest of their guys came out, and they all were quoting Shorzy and everything. And I, I wasn't even thinking that at all. I was thinking, like, purely in hockey terms. I'm forgetting that, you know, all these guys probably watch the show. And I said to Zach, so uh, the guy who fought me, Zach Walker. So I said, where are you from? He goes, Boise, Idaho. And I went, 
oh, I used to play for the Idaho. He goes, I know, I know, I know. I was three years old. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that part of the story, and he played with Alex Newhook, a fellow Newfoundlander, plays on the Habs now um, in college. And we all went over. It was the all-star break, the beginning of it. And so Adirondack had a green, green light. They were, you know, out. They didn't have a flight till the next day. They didn't have a game for like a week. And the Newfoundland guys, and so we all went over to a few bars on George Street together, put beers in the middle, and we were all telling hockey stories. Uh, the goalie I shot against was Martin Broder's son. And Martin Broder's father, Dennis, which would have been his grandfather. I forget his name. I should know the grandfather's name was Dennis. He was the photographer for the Canadians. So yeah. when I sat out all those games in Montreal, I, I, I got the media meal with him and we'd go up in, in the rafters and watch the game. So it was really surreal for me from that point of view too. Like Mr. Brodeur, I looked up for so, to for so many reasons. And it was like, it was one of my first memories in pro hockey because I was 19 years old when I met him and was sitting out half a year. And now here we are, I guess, you know, all these years later. 25 years later, 27. What's, what's, which Brodeur is that? What's the kid's name? Because I played with Marty. I would have known this kid. I played with Marty for one year, and all his kids were always around the rink. And was this the kid that was drafted by New Jersey? I'll see now. So he had a son. So this is a cool story. The draft was in Jersey a bunch of years ago. And and Marty was at the draft uh, with the Devils, and they and Lou Lamorello let him make the ninth round pick, and he drafted his own kid. He didn't. Lou let him make the pick to draft his son. So, okay, well, this wasn't this guy's name is Jeremy Broder. Three years in Oshawa. You're uh, you're both an alumnus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Allen Americans Coast. It's weird. He's got good numbers. He never gets up. Like. Every year got good numbers. You'd figure Martin Bruder's son. If you look now, yeah, Maine Mariners. He got up to the A for a cup of coffee twice. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy Broder. Born in 96, so he's 27 years old. 927, right? 927 this year. Speaking of goalies, what are they... What, what are they... Like, what's happening in Buffalo? Lukanen, is it Uka Pekka Lukanen? Is that his name? He's tearing it up, man. He's tearing it up. But were, were yeah. they, did they see that coming? And what are they going to do? It feel, I feel like there's five goalies there. Weren't they going with the three goalie system? Yeah. They sent Levi down, sent Comrie. Did this whole thing's been a debacle, man? This whole situation with this team has been <clears throat> mismanaged from the, the, the get go. And it's, uh, we criticize. Listen, man. We criticize this team fairly. I think they're very poorly coached. You know, like we're watching their game right now. They're at the so end. Do of you the, think they're they at the end prospects. of the first intermission? It's one-one yeah. against Anaheim. Anaheim just got killed by Toronto the other night. Like, yeah. like this team is never prepared from the start. They started the season with three goalies. You know, they got they put all this stock in Devin Levi, and it's just it's just been this whole thing has just been. It's been misfired, and, and and you have you have the wrong makeup of players, and it's just listen, man. The Sabers are are in a tough spot. They've got some great young talent, they've got some young superstars, but they have no um, 
I don't feel they have the right kind of support from ownership here to that uh, allows them and gives them the best chance to win. They have nobody in their hockey department that has real any significant background in the game. Um, yeah, yeah. It, their their roster makeup is just it's all wrong. They're soft. It's just I don't want to do this right now, Terry. You're uh, we were having such a nice conversation. We were. I was curious. No, don't do it. It's it's just it's a massive disappointment for this uh, franchise and the fan base. Listen, this isn't about me and how I. No, feel. you don't have to keep going. That's good. I live here, man. I live here. I live in Buffalo. These fans are getting screwed. They're getting. Yeah, screwed. I thought they'd be better. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Now, speaking of, so when you played, okay, just think about this. Like, and even the boo- booze is one thing, but let's just say, because so if there's one thing that outside of the reasons that you did it and the, and the positive benefits, because there's so many, just not just just not having hangovers alone is so refreshing, right? I'm assuming. So, yes, very much so. Yeah. So, back in the day, you're li- and hangovers. Say what you want. You're not the best people because you're more irritable and everything else. So you're you're living with hangovers more often than not. You're fucking definitely on something to deal with the pain at some point. I, I know because we all did, and we're all. Um, you know, your and and your 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 job is to go out, and and your dream was to play in the NHL. But you go out and you're and you're fighting people. So like, you're you're fighting, you're drinking, you're hungover, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. You're being a good teammate. There are good parts, and then after when you're on the ice, it's you you know you go out and and you want that release, and you have beers with the boys after, and you try to be a good teammate. But there's a lot of demons going on and everything. But now you're the same person, so you're taking that energy and you're just spitting it out into all different directions now they're mostly positive so and, and i'm saying that because i appreciate what you said earlier about me but i'm not um i i i look up to you for for, for that reason because not only that you went out and did the podcast or anything but little things you say that i do stuff spontaneous didn't you just start writing articles yeah, I was. I had written some articles, but not. Okay, when you say you had written articles, you're talking to me now, and you say, "Well, you're as articulate as anybody I know. You, you've got a, and a good sense of balance uh, when it comes to, 
you know, you're not, you don't tend to be biased in what you're saying. To, to your knowledge, you're uh, being honest and laying it all out there. So you started writing. Not everybody can do that. You know, I went to, I got a degree before that. I mean, I great ideas and stuff. Oh, great. I, I had some decent ideas, but, you know, I, I needed school to really help me before I could do any of that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like it, though. I didn't like it because I, I just it felt like uh, you ever I don't know. I, I'd written something out and I, I I swear a lot. OK, and I try to I try to really kind of put that away when I'm in public, you know, like I don't want to be out swearing. And I I just but I just. I, sw- I do. I swear a lot. And it took a lot, like being on live radio for a long time and, try- and not swearing. I had to almost be so unauthentic that, you- and then and then you write stuff and it's like people don't want to write and they don't want to read swear words. And then like, I mean, if you ever, if you ever read, if you ever write something down and then you kind of like read and you're kind of like, Ugh, a, you know, it, how it looks to read a swear word. I don't know. I just I, I didn't like writing because it just it, I didn't for some reason putting your words out there for people to read and um, you know same with social media and stuff like that. I'd rather just whatever audience wants to tune in and listen. I'd rather them just hear what I have to say. But why? So why did you start writing? Uh, just you know what? Just an avenue to uh, you know someone. You know, I guess a, a mentor of mine um, said, you know, you should be writing some thoughts, like put some of those thoughts out there, whether it's hockey related. This is when I was doing, you know, you know, working for a radio station and stuff too. Right. And that was part of the other thing too, was they, they wanted some content for their site and they're like, uh, start writing some stuff. It doesn't have to be a thousand words. It could be 300 words. It could be just a quick thought. It could just be anything. That, and I just, so I started writing a little bit and put it out there, but I, I never, I never found like it was, it was, it wasn't laziness. It wasn't the lack of willingness to do it. It was just kind of like, um, it's just, who, who the fuck is reading this? Was <laughs> something lost in translation when it went from your brain to the pen or to the typewriter, like, or to, typewriter uh, to the keyboard? Uh, in other words, because I find when I'm... It's been a while, but I write... You know here. what it was for me? Editing my own thoughts. Okay, yeah, that's kind of... Okay, you, yeah. know, you, you make a point and you're like, eh, I don't like how that sounds. And you got to fucking rewrite it. And you're just kind of like, that, eh, and you're kind of like, you start to second guess kind of everything that you kind of say. Like, does that how I sound? Is that, how I, is that how I sound when I talk? Is that kind of... <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, yeah, no, I don't, no, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I know like, exactly. So the first... I mean, I did... Like, I, I, was, I would not want anyone writing. to think that I sound like that. Let me... Let me let me polish myself up a little bit here. <laughs> That's why I loved my first book, ECW, let me do whatever I wanted. I, it was the first time that it was like me because, you know, going to school and everything, I had to write a lot of articles. I had to. And before, I mean, I always I used to have a short blog like but with Tales of a First Round Nothing and, and Fights Film Folklore. So the first one, Tales. I, I, I got to I, I literally wrote it like I was in the dressing room, but there was still a level of writing. I'll give you a tip now. If you ever got to write something. So during the pandemic is when I did fights, film and folklore. I was just sick of doing nothing. And I was actually working on a film crew. And what my job for this little it was on the Hudson and Rex was to go out and it's called you got to lock up an area. So in other words, no cars driving through the scene, 
know people because for continuity we can't have a red car in the first part of the scene and not in the second so make sure they're all off the road whatever so and it was a pandemic so there was no traffic there was no nothing so my second book the entire book do you know how i wrote it I did it on my phone, speech to text, because oh. you can do, you can do that with Word, and oh. I found it way easier to narrow down, because I I would speak like this, and it had come out, and then I would have, I don't know, two thousand, three thousand words, and now I can go back, and it was easier for me to rip down that skeleton and add a little bit to it. So kind of a kind of a, a so you did a book on tape before it goes to tape. Yeah, you're it, and it's but it'll be more of the you, most authentic about. Because if you're sitting there going, what should I say, and you're typing, there's a little bit lost. Now, you might have to take the curse words out, but if you do it that way, it'll be more of you in the writing. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, I'll say this, though. You know, like when you talk about, like, authenticity and stuff like that, too. Yeah. The podcast, since I've started the podcast with Craig, I think it's the most authentic I've actually felt. Well, you guys, Yeah. That's like, yeah, just from the standpoint of, you know, actually feeling like me, sounding like me, talking like me, saying, you know, kind of, you know, whatever, whatever I want. Right. I mean, within the, you know, as they say in Slapshot, you know, within the boundaries of good taste, you know what I mean? Like the word shit and fuck these days, it's so common. Like who cares about that? That's to me, that's not, it doesn't make something, you know, dirty anymore, you know? So it's like. That's yeah. People are numb to it. They are they, well. I mean, it's everywhere. But just think, before all this social media and everything, I mean, we can remember. What are you, forty-four, right? I mean, you can't. You can remember. There was a time, and it was just, you know, where you, you wouldn't be on the radio, wouldn't be on TV. Like, the, yeah, me saying the word "fuck" growing up pulled way more, you know, oh, yeah. uh, way more outside the boundaries of social acceptance than it is now. Right for a thirteen or a twelve year old or something, because the people are numb to it. Even younger than that. Yeah, I know, but I Even remember like really, that. first time my parents heard it, like being real disappointed. Was at a game, I yelled it out, and I thought I was going to be grounded. Uh, but listen, when you were, I, I love that you said and that's what I meant about your pop because I said to you, to your knowledge, you're saying and you're being as honest as you possibly can. You're being diplomatic. There's a balance, you know, between pissing people way off and. You know, maybe, but still giving your opinion. And when you said the word shopping, you were sh they were shopping Casey Middlestead. See, that's what I mean. It's all semantics. Yet people can phone and we can. So we might be talking to a lot of teams about somebody. But I think you, you How? or Rivy, what do you said? Yeah, we're, we're, we're shopping. Oh, I, got a, I got my buddy called me. <clears throat> yeah. Works in the league. Like he, Craig says this to me all the time. You know, he's like, you know, I'm like, I, I will. He's like, how many people do we know in the game that are connected to look at you? And I'm saying the same thing about you. Like, how many people do we know that are connected to the game that hear things that work for teams? My buddy calls me. And I can't believe the people are so fixated on, by the way, that were they were so fixated on the word shopping more than they were the fact that that the guy told me that they were shopping for a number one goaltender, also. But that also could have been old news back from the summertime because of the, the goaltender debacle. But he said to me, verbatim, okay, he goes, I got some info for you that you might want for your pod, seeing that you're there based out of Buffalo. I was like, ooh, okay, I like this, right? Yeah, of course. And he's like, uh, give, it a, give it a day. 
Don't say anything today. Don't tweet it out. Just talk about it on your show. And then, well, Fox, naturally, I tweet it right out, eh? So <laughs> I give it a day. Fuck you. So I so he said to me, he said, the Sabres are shopping Middlestad. They don't want to pay him. That's all he said. No. We have to break it down and figure out the rest, right? It's like, did they hit a negotiating point? And they're like, we can't pay him this. We got to see what we can get for him now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, exactly. Or, you know, and and but so, and then round and round we go. Now, I think what I thought was most interesting was just the fact that Kevin Adams acknowledged the word shopping. So why do you bring it up? Because I find when you're, because people call you to task, when, and, and I find when you're doing podcasts, especially yours, you guys are, I have people on as like stories, we're telling stories about the game. We're not really always talking about things that are relevant. You guys got to stay on top of it. And a lot of people are listening, and I just find it funny how semantics, it's just the, the word you used. That was well, it. It's, but, but it's, that can play know, a part, and, and it can set the whole world on fire. You got to remember, though, too, we're not breaking news on our show. We're, well, I will spread a rumor. Like, uh, this is what I was told legitimately from someone in, in uh, I'm not starting a rumor. I'm just spreading it. I'm spreading it from someone that works in the league. Okay. So what's wrong with that? I don't care. The guy said, go ahead. I, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't tie back to anybody. There have been other things where, you know, we'll throw shit out there and people will, people will just be like, you guys are always wrong. Listen. I don't backpedal on anything. I don't defend anything. I tell you what I hear. Patrick Kane was talking to the Sabres about signing there. Yeah. Okay, why wouldn't he? If I, they were where Detroit was and Detroit was where Buffalo was, Patrick Kane would be a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah. Simple as that, right? So it, it, it really does. It kind of comes down to just things like that, little things. And like, listen, the Sabres are in so much trouble here right now. They would be wise to shop Casey Middlestad. And I said that too. Like, I don't understand why everyone's so fixated on the word shopping as if it's a negative thing. This has to be, you tell me, because Greg and I talked about this to absolute, like we broke it right down. Could could the fear of the Sabres getting, get, it, could the fear of it getting out that the Sabres are shopping him affect things with the agent or the player or right you understand if they were negotiating in good faith because he's a good hockey player they don't need or want to get rid of him i just don't think they can pay him with all these guys they have on long-term deals right so yeah, yeah exactly and guys so it's like who knows else. what what it like if it gets back to them that that they're shopping now then semantics shopping could just mean they're talking to teams about them so I didn't ask. I didn't press for the exact definition of shopping. The guy <laughs> said they were. The guy said they were shopping, and we inside the game and know the game. We know what shopping can mean, but we know what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that he's not available, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You guys were talking about uh, the poor guy who was it got the injury, Sergachev. Yeah. You and Riv watched him at the combine do the wing gate, and then you, you you had a quick thought, and you stopped, though. You didn't finish it. You said Alexei Zitnik, and then you didn't keep going. So does he have big legs? Was he good at the wind gate? What is it about him? Okay. Alexei Zitnik yeah. had the biggest ass and legs I've ever seen oh, on really? a man. 
Okay. And, and I, I, the, the, I don't know how, do you remember, you remember a guy by the name of Kurt Harnett? He was a Canadian biker. He was the race, race sprinter on the bike. Remember? Really? Yeah. I, that yeah, that was about. in the recesses of my mind, but I do I do remember who you're talking about now. Blonde hair, curly hair, yeah. right? Like, you know, and there's a commercial with him carrying his bike over his shoulder. Anyway, they always talked about how big his quads were. And I think I can't remember the exact uh, inches in diameter, right? But I always used to think about that. And I saw, I saw Zhitnik. The first time I saw Zhitnik, he always wore these, you know, remember the old bike shorts? They were called bike yeah. And they were like uh, spandex. Yep. He wore those, and it was like they were bursting at the seams. He was so big. This guy, he would take an entire penalty kill, come off, and I was the grocery stick, right? I would separate the D and the forwards late in the game. He'd be on for a minute, minute and a half of a penalty kill. He would come off, just sit down right beside me, and didn't didn't even breathe heavy. Really? Didn't even breathe. I swear to God, he did not even breathe heavy. There was no breathing. There was he didn't even grab for water. It was just the guy was the a guy was just he just wired different. Just on huge legs and great shape. No wonder. Old, I mean, you wonder why great players are great, right? Older school Russian. You know what I mean? Yeah. That generation of Russia. He was he was a special athlete. This guy six four two forty seven. You are on hockey DB. Was that from the central scouting, or was that when you were in the NHL? A rookie year in the NHL, two forty-seven. What, what is that? What you played every year at? No, no, no. Two forty-seven. My first year, I was like two thirty-five. My next is that muscle, or was that coming to camp? Going, whoa, okay, I got to realize I got to get in shape. There's a little bit of flab. Okay, so I was uh, two forty-seven on the scale, and my body fat was ten point four percent that year. Wow. Okay. So, so, but that was also a 10.4 on a six pinch caliper. So it's not like it was the bod pod where it's, you know, really accurate. But back then it was your, you know. I remember them doing that. It's funny. Central Scouting came out to do us. So I'm on Hockey DB. I'm 61207. So in reality, I'm almost 61. I, I was, I put foam in my socks and my weight, I was like 189. I took, I went down to the weight room and I took these. Weights, obviously. What do they call when they go on the? Anyway, you put them on the end. They're, they're the weight, you know, whatever the hell. Oh, yeah. I, I taped them. I taped them to the inside of my groins, and I went down and I weighed in at two oh seven. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I've heard. I heard that story about you. I, I, I don't know how you got away with that shit. I honestly don't. I look back on it. And I'm like, this was like, you know, that was big. Scouts are looking at that. That's one of the most important things is that they figure this this is going to be accurate. And the guy, the guy was there. He walked in. He's like having breakfast. Yeah, you guys just go do your thing. And we had <laughs> we had our height and weight taken, and we all did that. It was my idea, but we all did it. If if Austin Matthews gets seventy five goals, say one hundred and fifteen points, but Kucherov or McKinnon or McDavid gets fifty eight goals, one hundred and thirty points. Do you think Matthews could get the MVP? If he gets crushed by 20 points, it not crushed, but someone gets 20 points ahead. But if he gets, like, I don't know when 70 goals happens last, but would you think, and I'm only asking, someone asked me that on my own podcast, and I said, I'll, I'll, uh, last week, I said, I'll run it by you. What, what do you think? 
I think you have to. 70 goals? I think 70s. Yeah, no, at first I said no, and then I thought about it. And I was like, if we're getting, because 60 last year, you forget 70, and he's on pace, I think, for 71 or 72, maybe even more at this point. Uh, But yeah, and I mean, what would that, what would that mean in the history if he's doing it now? Like what would and, and and do you think that if you can get if you can get a seventy goal score and a sixty goal score and a few fifty goal scores in the league this year, this league is looking healthier and healthier when it comes to offense, yeah. right? Like it's you're starting to put up numbers where it's like okay, players are starting to look like superstars again. We're not getting Art Ross winners with 87 points, Jamie Ben or I remember that. 98 points, Jerome Ginla, right? He yeah. which which he had 50 goals that year and it's Jerome Ginla. But still, when we were kids, yeah. It was look at the players, it was Gretzky, Lemieux, Messier, Yager, Yager. I mean, these guys oh, were yeah. 160, 170 points. Brett Hall hanging out with that unbelievable shot on the power play. There was a lot of offense on display from a lot of different ways. That's what I liked. Gretzky was a different scorer than Lemieux. Hall was a Bobby Mike Bossy-like snipe show. And then you had guys like Solani. Hall, Brett Hall was Ovi before Ovi. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, and he was the same kind of goals for sure. Like... Yeah. That one side, that one-time sweeper almost. It wasn't even really, didn't always seem to be a slap shot. It was almost just kind of like a sweeper. Kind of, and he was he he was one of the first that would go down, like in that era, that would go down like to the one knee and do it if, it if the pass was in tight. He did a lot of things that, like, I think he was a little bit ahead of his time, and I don't know if it was the systems they were doing, but I don't remember, like, watching great players before that with those kind of goals. Tell me this. What team did Brett Hall start his career with? It's Calgary, wasn't it? Oh, good man. Good yeah. man. A lot right. of people don't know that. A but lot maybe, of people don't. And I what, I don't know the ins and outs of him getting traded, but someone dropped the ball there. What happened? Do you remember? I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. Speaking of snipers, do you think Ovi's going to do it? I think he and, sticks and around until he does. To look, if he... You know, if he finishes this year with 21 goals and then he starts next year with no goals in eight games, at what point does it look pathetic? Um, pathetic might be the wrong word. At what point no, does it, it look... Uh, yeah, you know I what I mean? I don't know if it is pathetic. I don't know if it looks pathetic or if it's just... But I think the, the, the colossal drop-off from... 50, 42 to 20 maybe this year, right? He is 14 right now. Yeah. Um, listen, this is Ovi we're talking about. He yeah, could end I, up with 20. I want to retract the word pathetic because it's Ovi, and he, no matter what he does, I should only. No, no, no. I'd be so, so happy to have gets, a player like that to watch. If he gets 10 more, yeah. let's just say he gets 10 more, but give him 10 for between now and the end of the year, okay? So that gives him. 846. That puts him 48 behind tying it, 49 to pass. So I think he stays until he does it. And then, like, that's, I think that is the Washington's, Washington Capitals' sole purpose for existence right now because it's not to win a Stanley Cup. 
Yeah. They're not good enough right now. So it is, you know, you got Tom Wilson signed up. You got other guys that are signed up, and I think they're all signed up to kind of ride this OV, OV wave out. So I think he does it in the next two and a half seasons. Why is the NHL draft, why why is the date cut off September 15th, not January 1st, like everything else in life? Um... That's a that's a great question, um, but the difference uh, they talk about the difference in development between that half year, that eight months, right? I mean, there is a seeing it now. I mean, seeing it with my son, who's an April birthday, and seeing him with kids in his own class that are like uh, December birthdays. There is a significant difference in that six, seven months of of growth, right? So I don't know how, why that is. Still have it's still got to be a date. So then just change the months, and it's the exact same situation for the exact same number of people. Or change the NHL draft age, make it older, and then who really gives a shit about that? That six, seven, eight months. True. One of, yeah, one of those two things could happen, but I, I just I, I don't know why they need. Go to look at the Kachucks, though. Go look at the both Kachuk birthdays. I think Big Big Walt planned that out. When are they? I believe they are after September fifteenth. <laughs> yeah, but that would oh yeah after. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it benefits them. So now they go into the next year a half a, a half a year older, right? For for sure. But I'm a January fourteenth birthday. I don't care really either way. But I guess it would have been an advantage to me growing up because I'm fourteen days. Beyond the cutoff, right? Brady is September sixteenth. Okay, so, <laughs> so yeah, there's still going to be people born on December 29th in the other if in yeah, the other yeah, way yeah. in the system. So like, you're not. And then Matthew's December eleventh. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're both they're both after. But I don't know if he planned it. Did you think? I'm kidding I, with you about planning it. Fuck, come on, I have a sense of humor. True enough. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's these yeah. Kicking in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, really. Can you imagine that I actually thought that you were uh, being serious there? <laughs> well, listen, I'm sure there are some people that plan it that way. Come on. What? Well, the only reason I'm saying is because if you really think about it, I, I, that's such a, it's just a date. And I, to think about that 18 years ahead of time, I think it's going to be changed. I would always, but I know what you mean. It, it would be benefit if you're, Obviously, it benefited Damon Lankow, my line mate in junior, went fifth overall. He was born, and from that 17-year-old till his 18-year-old year was a huge difference. Banks was always good, but he went from like 70 points to like 140, right? Yeah, and, there, and there's the difference, right? Yeah, but again, someone's born on December 30th or 31st or whatever. Um, so the Columbus Blue Jackets... It's weird how they're never relevant, isn't it? Like, what? Like, what do they need? Not that not that we both study that team, but with, again, I'm reading off some questions that people send me for my own pod that I don't get to, and um, I I didn't really know. I, I don't know. They're just they're in a they're always mediocre at best. They might sneak into the playoffs and upset somebody, but they're usually near the bottom. Why is that? And like, you know, Johnny Goudreau is a free agent. He chose to go there. It seems that the odd player likes going there. Everybody who played there that I hear 
with any stories about the actual city. They really enjoy it. They all say it's underrated. Why do they continually uh, unimpress? I, I, I don't know. It's know it's either. kind of a mystery franchise, if you ask me. You know, like they have a great fan base. That's the amazing thing about it. They have a great fan base. Amazing. They're their yeah. rink is their rink is always loud. Uh, they 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 love their cannon there. The fans love the cannon. I, I I can't figure the fan the the team out. I can't figure. Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen has not done a very good job over the last bunch of years to bring in any kind of a team. And in fact, weren't you surprised when Johnny Goudreau signed there? Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I, to me. What was he thinking? I mean, was that by far the highest offer he was getting, or unless it was something personal, or someone said something about his his wife maybe having a job there or something? But all I can tell you is, with where the team was going, and then it just the trade for Patrick Line, and it, I mean, holy shit, man! That that I I don't. They're just a team in the league. Yeah, you're right. Like. You like the Columbus Blue Jackets are just a team in the league. That's all they are, and and that's all I can say about them. They're just yeah. they're you know they're never really in the playoffs. They're never yeah. you know a few years ago they had some some good teams. Bob Rovsky had some success there a bunch of years ago, but they're they're just they're just a team in the league. Yeah, well said. It's not much more than that. Uh, listen, you went to the Bean Pot. Yes, I did. For those that don't know, that's. Uh, well, it's a college hockey tournament. It's in Boston, right? Is, so it like it's right, a, is it right outside of Boston? It's in Boston, played at the TD Garden. And yeah. it's, uh, I can't remember how many years it's been around, decades, over half a century, that's for sure. And it's Boston, Harvard, Northeastern, and BC. So Boston College, Boston University, Harvard, and Northeastern. And, and every year, so what happens is they, they, it's just, it's a, it's a draw. And they rotate who you play every year. So every three years, you're you're starting over because you would play one, two, three, and then start back to where you were that uh, night. Okay, so that's how the opponents are picked. And you win the you win your first game, you're onto the bean pot final. And they play it at the TD Garden. And I'm going to tell you, man, the atmosphere in these between or between. I heard it's electric. Oh, it's it's insane! It's insane. I went to both games this year. Uh, one of the kids on BU lived with me, and uh, he's a senior. So I went down the the first Monday with my dad, and uh, caught the game against. Uh, they played the BC, which the number one team in the country. So it was a massive rivalry. The number one and number three team in the country facing off at the game one of the Bean Pot, and. Um, the atmosphere was unbelievable. I mean, it was the game was incredible. The Harvard uh, Northeastern game before us went to overtime, um, and Northeastern won. But just incredible hockey, incredible atmosphere. And then I went back the next week, and they played Northeastern, obviously, and they lost. But I mean, I've never. I took my son that that trip, and I've never seen an atmosphere like this in sports. I mean, I, I've heard this. This is wild. I'm going to go down. I, I know a lot of people that were there this year watching. I played in the Winter Classic here in Buffalo um, against Pittsburgh, and that is the loudest crowd I've ever played in front of for obvious reasons. But other than that, 
I mean, I've played in Montreal. I've played in all these other places, and I've I've been on good teams in the playoffs, and I've heard our stadium here in Buffalo when we won in overtime against Carolina, and and that's a massive home crowd. But yeah. from a 50-50 split, I've never heard an arena so loud. The wow. bantering back and forth between the student sections, it's just the bands going. The atmosphere is incredible. If you're a hockey fan, this trip is a it's a it should be a bucket list trip for people who actually love and I'd go to the second game. You got to go to the final game because it is it's like nothing you'll ever experience. The only game I've ever experienced like it, Terry, was when Buffalo hosted the World Juniors maybe 2011-ish and Canada played USA in an important game. I think it was either the quarters or the semis and I went to the game and it was 50-50 split because it was right on the border. So it was half Canada, half US and I've that might be the closest thing if the only thing that I've ever seen that can comp- compare to that. I love being in an, in an electric atmosphere like that. Just like thousands of humans in one place with something to cheer for. It's, uh, I mean, everything that you just described is awesome, but I, I have heard for different reasons that the boys are like, you got to get down and see this. You got to be part of it. It's next level. And I love how you pointed that out though, because these rinks, it's usually two, well, obviously two teams, but if you're watching, that's a case for every game. But if you're watching Buffalo Sabres at home, obviously you're going to have more Buffalo Sabres fans. Toronto right. Maple Leafs at home, Montreal Canadiens at home, any team at right. home. Yeah, right? exactly. But there, now you're getting like two fan bases and it's still loud, um, like really loud. I love it. And Celebrini, so he's. I heard he got a great hockey IQ. And I think you said he reminds you of Matthews. Austin Matthews. The way he scores, he, he's like he's not overly fast. But the way he thinks is, he's he's fast, but he's so creative, he's so quick, and his edge work is incredible. And the way he, the way he's able to avoid contact, but also engage in contact at the same time. Yeah. Okay. I heard you say that. Yeah. So tell me like, what, what I, like so this guy. So in other words, he like he's carrying the puck down the boards. So he's working real smart. He's carrying the puck down the boards. He's about to get pinched off by the centerman or whoever the forward is closing in on him, and he's got the defenseman closing in on him, and they're trying to wedge him and squeeze him out and, and bury him. Okay? Yeah. So he gets to the last second, pulls left-hand shot, pulls the puck back to his feet, kind of, you know, the two of them collide. He spins out on the other side. Like, I see, yeah. Okay. Um, and he the, does the way, that. The, the he way does he, that consistently. He goes into the corner. Carrying the puck, someone goes in to hit him, and he counter hits and hangs onto the puck. He spins off hit. Like he's not afraid to go into areas and control the puck if he thinks he might get hit. And that's why he's going to be successful. And where he scores from, his shot is electric. In tight, can get it up high and hard. Outside one timer, absolute rocket. Down by the goal line, absolute rocket. The ability to make plays just find throws the puck to open ice to players. And so many times, uh, the kid that lived with me late in the game against, uh, against BC in the game one. I mean, when did this kid live with you? Uh, six years ago, he was playing, he was 15 playing for the junior say Luke tuck is his name. His brother's Alex tuck for the Sabres. And, um, he, uh, all right. He's got a point of game almost. 
Yeah, second round. There's a Newfoundlander playing there. Ryan Green is from from Newfoundland. He's oh, okay, so, good player. I, I know the Green. team you're talking about because I follow it because of Ryan. Really? <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Green, he's good. He's, he's good, a good player. Hey. He's a. He, you know what? Physical. Yeah, I know. He's a I didn't see that coming. I mean, in the summer, he reminded me of Teddy Purcell, but like a, a few summers ago, he was just a kid coming out. But I hear now that he's uh, real, real, real strong on his skates. Well, this Celebrini kid just, you know, pulls the puck over to his backhand and just throws it in behind the defender and just sends Luke in on a clear-cut breakaway. I mean, the kid's playmaking ability is as elite as his scoring ability, right? So, look, watch for this guy. I don't know if he, I don't know if, if I were a team drafting him this year. Like, let's say, for instance, San Jose drafts him. Knowing Mike Greer, Send him back to BC, uh, BU for another year because they're also getting that Iserman kid, that Cole Iserman, who's going to go top five in the draft. He's going, he's going to BU next year, so they're going to be stacked. So send him back. I just, I mean, I don't see a, a need to get him into the NHL right away, but I'm going to tell you, man, he is going to be electric. Like he, 28 games in college hockey, he's and he's a true 17 year old. Oh, like I know. Yep. He's playing this entire year as a seventeen. Oh, yeah. He's going to be eighteen in June or July. Yeah, or something. yeah right. So I, I know that's a that people don't read like, and that's very in college. That's rare. You get that major junior, but yes. uh, he's a year ahead, right? So, so he'll get. He has twenty eight games, twenty three goals, twenty assists. Seventeen. Call it seventeen year old, and a lot of guys over twenty. And it's not like these aren't fluke points, man. He's and he he could the night that uh, the 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 night that I saw him play, he could have had five assists. He could have if 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 guys finished the chances he set them up on, he could have had five assists easy to go along with the two goals in that game one of the bean pot that he that he put two in. Have you seen Bedard play live? I've not seen him play live, obviously on TV. But kid's incredible too, man. I underestimated him to be honest with you. I really underestimated him. Oh, yeah. What did you think? What did you think was going to happen? Dude? Everybody in the sports world was asked before the year how many points you think he's going to get. What did you what? say? I think I said 65. Well, but, you didn't underestimate him too much. Um, or I know what you mean. You can, points I think Craig thought he was going to get like 50 points. Points are one thing. I, I watched a, he, for a smaller guy. He, he does... I don't know if he's – I'll ever think of him as physical, but he does go to those areas. He, he does do it. Like, I, you know, when you see a guy, it's got to be something that makes him tick. And coming over the line, he's obviously got a crazy shot, and he pulls it in. And and uh, But for a smaller guy, he's, he's good in the corners. I didn't see that coming. So the kid that lived with me that plays at BU, his roommate um, last year is uh, was a second-rounder in Chicago. And so when he was at training camp, I can't remember the kid's name. Um, played at the played at the uh, World Championships and the Olympics for the for uh, Team USA. Um, he was at camp and they were texting about Bedard, and he said, "I've never seen a shot like Connor Bedard's." And this guy skated with pros for a lot of years, right? Like being a younger kid, but also in college and stuff. He said, "I've never seen a shot like Connor Bedard's." Wow! And it, well, I mean, his arms are like Popeye, and he's got a short stick. So you know, if you talk uh, energy and motion or whatever it is, uh, it's it. 
there's, it's, it doesn't surprise me it's a cannon, but yeah, I'm surprised at how many people with how many good shots are out there and great shots and great players. That's the first thing. I mean, we watch it on TV. It's not a huge surprise, but to hear, like, I've heard NHL goalies say it, guys coming in for the first time, what surprised you? They're like, it's the best shot I've ever seen. Yeah, Drew Camesso was his name. I just looked him up, Drew Camesso. And he, but the thing is, he said it's not even as hard. It's not even the fact that uh, how hard it is because everybody can shoot the park hard. Yeah, it's the way he releases it and yeah, where the way he releases it. I said the same. He gets it off when it's it, it's the it's one thing to pull it in, but he, the guy will be in front of him and he pulls it in and he like finds the gap either between the player's legs or or the the, the foot and the stick. You know, he finds that more than anybody, and he gets yeah. a full shot off when, you know, it looks like like just the laws of physics say you're not going to be able to do it, but he does it. Well, I love Tage Thompson as a short stick. I don't know if you know this. He uses a really short stick. No, I and I tell every kid, every single kid that I come across that plays hockey, their parents are afraid to cut their sticks down because they, they're afraid that they'll outgrow them and they have to buy these expensive sticks. No one wants to use the plug anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is that... You need to have a short stick to learn how to handle the puck. You need to learn how to handle the puck inside by your feet before That's a you good can, point. I, before yeah. you can be why That's do you think Wayne Gretzky could stick handle in a phone booth? Like it's he had a short stick anywhere near Sidney Crosby. I think Ovi uses a bit of I a never short thought stick. about that. Tage Thompson uses a really short stick. And he gets the puck off. You watch him shoot from his front foot, off his front foot. It is his blade is like right near his skate. Yeah, but that's I because never thought about that. Anthony. That's because he doesn't, he doesn't have to get his elbow so high up. He get does off. get it off. Yeah, I'm thinking of him. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's insane. And everyone has these sticks that are super long at their forehead. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, you can't handle the puck like that. You know, your puck, the puck's so far out in front of you, and no one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear it, but it is what it is. All I'm telling you is that it's it's just kids should be using a shorter stick. I use the shortest stick now than I've ever used in my life, and I sit back and I think, man, I wish I used a shorter, a way shorter stick than I did. And I used a short stick. I didn't use a long stick. Do you but, go back ever to Oshawa or Kitchener and watch games? No, fuck no. Never? never. No. How many Buffalo Sabres games do you go to? I've been to one this year. I don't know if I, I don't know when the last time I went to before that. If I'm doing an appearance or something like an alumni appearance where you go and you hang out in a suite or something and talk to fans, but to watch a game, I went this year with Craig to watch Montreal. And uh, that's the only game I've been to in the last couple of years. My kid's not a hockey guy. My kid loves basketball, so he doesn't want to go to hockey games. Um, Hey, team sports, I think, are important. Which ones they are, it doesn't really matter to me. My daughter plays soccer and basketball, and she's learning to be a teammate. I couldn't be any more overjoyed about that, to be honest with you. You know how many she gets skates on or not? Yeah, I mean, people ask me, like, how do you feel about that? I'm like, I don't think you understand how much I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that my kid knows what I did for a living, knows I played in the NHL, but wants to do his own thing. Doesn't like the equipment. Says the equipment's uncomfortable. I introduced him to hockey, took him skating, likes to skate with his cousin and his buddies. Loves Gave him the opportunity if he wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. He just he doesn't, doesn't want to do it. It's no sweat off your back. Whatever. Find your own way. But, you know, hopefully you play a team sport. He, he's, uh, a, he's a sneaker guy. He likes shorts and sneakers. He loves basketball. Loves it. Um, 
Basketball, by the way, I like going to basketball games live. I like how they play the music during the play. They couldn't do it in hockey. I'm not asking for that. But there are things about basketball that I think if you're a family or you got kids or you that tickets are expensive. They're more expensive than hockey. I took my son to uh, a couple Cleveland Cavaliers games over the last couple of years, and my parents got us tickets to see the Bucks last year um, for Christmas. And I'm going to tell you, for entertainment factor, outside of the National Lacrosse League, okay, bang for your buck for entertainment of the four major sports, the NBA, you are so close to the players. You can hear them talking. You can hear them, their shoes squeaking. You yeah. Can hear, you can hear them communicating. You can hear the ball bounce. You are right on top of the plate. It doesn't matter where you're sitting in the stadium. You, yeah, I know. There's no boundary. There's no glass. There's no, there's no boards. I, yeah. I know. It's, they're just it's great. They're, it's they're walking out through the crowd to get to the bench. It's like, I'm like, man, they're not accessible, but they feel accessible. Oh, yeah. It's, you, just, you just feel closer. It's a much more intimate experience for a fan. 100%. Much. There's no glass surrounding. There's no boundary around the bench. It's actually, you know, you got a guy, a star player, literally going to the bench, and right behind him is like some season ticket holder. Hey, uh, when do you want me to do your pod now? I, uh, I can, you say the word, I'm going to take off, uh, go get my daughter. And then I got the Jason Greger show tonight, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. I co-host with him in Edmonton, but anyway, uh, tomorrow, the next day, let's talk about tomorrow or the next day. I got to go to Fort St. John on Thursday to do another uh, fundraiser, charity fundraiser. So tomorrow. You tell me, tomorrow's better than Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm going to go on with uh, Andrew Raycroft. I promised him that like a month ago before the Growlers or anything. So tomorrow's or, or Wednesday's that day. Tomorrow, I, you and Rivy, after the whistle, you mean? Actually, only be me and you because Rivs is going away to Jamaica with, okay. uh, with uh, the wifey poo. Oh, is he? Yeah. So there's no better time to go down in this in the sun than right now in Canada. <laughs> okay, so say the word. You text me. I'll see you tomorrow. And do you have anything to plug before you go or anything or you want to talk about? Uh, here's what I want to talk about before I get out of here. The Buffalo Sabres are in the second intermission against the Anaheim Ducks who got absolutely killed the other night against the Leafs, and they're losing 4-3. So if the Sabres lose... Um, uh, you're going to want to tune in after the whistle because we are going to absolutely destroy this franchise. See you, T. Okay. I love you, buddy. I'll talk tomorrow. Okay. That was Andrew Peters. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's, thank you, Andrew. If you're downtown St. John's and you want to get out on George Street and maybe have a beer, maybe have a coffee, see what's on the go. Look no further than Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Green Sleeves Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, the Martini Bar, or the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, try the Loose Tie. Try Blue on Water. Try Merchant Tavern if you're anywhere in the East End. Uh, why not go to Elizabeth Avenue and take in Peter Wedgwood's Wedgwood Cafe? They also do catering. If you're looking to improve your body, your mind, look no further than Rope Walk Lane. Brian Power, Power Conditioning, Strength and Balance for the Body and Mind. You're looking to go to Mr. Lube? There's two locations. One's on Torbay Road. One is on Camel Road. Live, Laugh, Lube. 
Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com and see what all the fuss is about. And of course, true hockey, take what's yours. I'll be back in just a couple of days with more Tales with Tierra. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the rebound.